Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, a filmy natter that looks at the cinematically unheralded and appeals for calm, a second look, a cheeky deja vu, in the hope we might find the overlooked, the quietly brilliant and the secret gold. I'm Rob and here are Simon and James. How are you boys? Very well, thank you. Normal service has resumed. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, my voice still hasn't recovered from the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry to who, uh, ev- everyone who had the volume up at that particular moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. Did, why did you get a crackle in your... Yes. In your... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ah, oh, dear. Uh, how are you both? You okay? Good, thank you, mate. Yourself? Very well, very well. Sai, you were all tickety-boo? Yeah, good. Yeah, jolly good, thanks. Jolly, jolly. Lovely action. Um, what have you guys been watching this week? Oh, so uh, I've got two recommendations here, and they're both based on um, best-selling novels. So Ooh. I didn't realise that until I've just literally looked at my notes now. So, um, so yeah. So the first one I wanted to shout out is The Dry, which is a Sky exclusive or a Sky original, which basically just means that they acquired it because they forewent a cinematic release. Mm. So um, The Dry is the rarest of things. It's a self-contained, well-acted, slow-burn whodunit aimed at adults. Uh, It's set in a fictional and desolate Australian outback town and it delivers not one but two absorbing mysteries across two timelines. So it's based on a novel by Jane Harper and fans of the book will be pleased as it's a faithful adaptation and Eric Banner is perfectly cast as investigator Aaron Falk. He gives the film a real gravitas delivering a stoic and haunted performance that makes you remember why Hollywood was so keen to make make him happen back in the 2000s. It's the type of literary adaptation that we used to see a lot of 20 years ago, but not so much anymore. And I thoroughly enjoyed it and more of this sort of thing, really. Have you read that book, Rob? I have, yeah. Um, I read it when it came out. Um, I think, in fact, I got an early read of it, actually. Um, and it was super. Uh, yeah. It was like immediately you thought, oh, this is a cut above, uh, you know, a lot of things in the marketplace at this point in time. Yeah. She's only written one other of those Aaron Falk ones, haven't they? So I don't know if they'll do a sequel to it or not. But yeah, I do like a a good adaptation of a uh, of a best selling series. Which brings me on to my second recommendation, which is Bosch. Are you guys familiar with Bosch? Yes. On and how is it? The TV series. Yeah, yeah. Is it on Amazon? Oh yeah, yeah. It's proper TV by dads for dads, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bosch is essentially the antithesis of the cop in tonight's film as he gets on everybody's tits because he's too good at his job. (laughs) Honestly, there's absolutely nothing groundbreaking about this series at all. It's just really well acted, really solid police drama. And most lunchtimes, I treat myself to an episode of Bosch. It's like a crime-fighting oasis in the middle of the working day. And uh, yeah, Titus Welliver... Again, perfectly cast as the lead character. Absolutely brilliant. It's really, really good. Have you read those? any of those ones? I've read a couple of them, yeah, because I mean, they're by Michael Connolly. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, his his work is just so big, and the universe he's created is so intimidating. But also, he's such an intimidatingly great writer as well. Yeah. Um, that Those books are absolutely fabulous. Um, but every, every book he's written is interconnected in the same world. So he's got multiple series going off at any time, um, which obviously makes it very 
very, very interesting and very exciting. So I, that's amazing. That to, an observation there is that like seven years, it's always been on Amazon as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. So that shows you how long they've been putting out original content. Yeah, at least seven se- seven years, seven seasons, or whatever. How yeah. it, however it works out. I find the Amazon thing a bit weird because they have such good stuff on there, but they just don't champion stuff enough or don't put it on the platform in a more visible way. Yeah. It's just a, such a bad platform. So much stuff gets lost in, in the nonsense of those apps because cause you can still pay for stuff on there. You know, whereas Netflix, is, it's all like subscription, so you can literally click on anything and watch it. But because Amazon also has that VOD element to it, yeah, it's just this mad mash of... I don't know what I can watch for well, not for free, but I don't know what I can watch on my subscription. Yeah. I don't know what I watch yeah. in addition to. And then all the good stuff just gets lost. And it's just like they're clambering for a redesign of that website for <laughs> That's years. what I, I think is right, man. I think um they're uh, and this comes with the greatest respect, is that I think that the the website and the apps for it, you know, the in, integrated apps on your smart mm. telly and stuff like that, never have been up to snuff where Prime is concerned. Yeah. Um, they're really hard to navigate, really hard to find categories and things like that. It's where the competition has got one over on them, to be honest. But so many people get Prime by default because they want that lovely free delivery stuff you know, <laughs> yeah. when they yeah. they buy stuff. So it will keep getting, you know, again, again they, you know, but they're, they're putting out, like you say, lots of original content, but it's just getting lost, isn't it? It just gets lost. But yeah, I'll check that out because I have seen it pop up a few times, but I've never, never fancied it. But um when it's recommended by old JC Stew, you've got to give it a whirl. <laughs> well, this uh, is it. Although, when he said it, I thought you were talking like you just read a, um, a copy of Nuts or Zoo magazine. Like, <laughs> I watched this TV show, Bosh! <laughs> Do you think Americans like know what the term Bosh is? Is no, it an English word? Bosh! It is a really nice thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. Bosh, also bosh, a lovely yeah. brand of home electronics isn't it bosh? yeah it is yeah yeah <laughs> niche uh Sai, what have you been watching <laughs> uh, so i i i uh on the weekend i went to like a music festival um so i had a very hungover movie day on the sunday uh where i did nothing but slob out on the sofa and watch films all day which i love Lovely. those days they're so good um and to keep with the theme of eric banner uh one of the movies I watched was Troy. Oh. And I'd avoided this over the years. I'd never seen it before. And I'd avoided it because I was led to believe that it's not very good and a bit crap. But, you know, considering we, we've we sort of made this podcast to not listen to people like it. <laughs> we should have took our own advice. I, I should have took our own advice, really, and like not, not listen to it. Because, oh my, I absolutely loved it. I was just completely swept away. In this two and a half hour uh, sword and sandal epic, and it's just like everything you want from a film like that. So it's like you know, it's got heroism, romance, betrayal, uh, really, truly fantastic fight choreography as well. Brad Pitt does this one move about ten times, but other than yeah. that, it's like it's really, really good. <laughs> um, it's got an amazing, uh, absolute corker of a score from James Horner, and just a whole heap of like top tier. Thesp performances, the likes of like Brian Cox and Peter O'Toole, Sean Bean's in there is amazing in it. Eric Banner's great in it. I I just like properly loved it. I thought it was 
really, really good. And I was really like pissed off that I hadn't seen it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't believe I haven't seen this film. It's like really good. Um, yeah. But watching it now, you know, in this like post Game of Thrones world, you know, where where you don't really get these humongous practical sets where you know and location photography, which um, where VFX is used to like extend the sets and make everything bigger and give a add a sense of scale to everything. Because a lot of the time now you get films like this would just be mostly on green screen. So it's just good to see a film like this where it's real and tangible and it feels like you're there. Much like Gladiator was as well. So I don't know, maybe there's a bit of a, a long overdue appreciation for Troy and revisit for it. Because if you like Game of Thrones, this is definitely that quality. Like, it's it's really good. Like, the drama is amazing. Like, there's... Brad Pitt and Eric Banner have this epic battle, and you like it's you so kind of like them both, and you're they're like they're both goodies. Yeah, they're both like, goodies. Yeah, yeah. It's when incredible. you get that in a film where two goodies face off, you yeah, it's it. I I honestly loved it. I was just like, just oh, like, so cool, man. I find it really unheralded as well. No one shouts about Troy ever. No, no, but this is what I'm saying. Like, I think it's like if we looked on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like 50% or something like that. So it didn't Oof, get any qualifies. fanfare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it didn't get any fanfare. I was just like, this is fucking great. Maybe yeah. I mean, I think Gladiator was before it. So maybe people yeah. were just like direct comparison to Gladiator. Oh, it's not as good as that. It's a bit hammy. Because it is a bit hammy, but that's I kind of yeah. like that about yeah. it. I well, like Brian fun. Cox's really over-the-top villainous yeah. performance. Yeah. Yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Um, I, no, I, I totally agree. It's post Lord of the Rings as well, isn't it? So maybe there's a bit. Of, even though it's it, Lord of the Rings is fantasy, people sort of tie all fantasy and sword and sandals together, don't they? And mm. maybe there was just a bit of fatigue uh, for those type of movies when yeah, when it maybe. came out. Is Kingdom of Heaven around them as well? There was a yeah, lot of them yeah. actually getting made yeah. in the early two thousands. It probably was because <laughs> of that. Like you get that, don't you? You know, at the time, a bit of fatigue for these films. So yeah, I. I yeah, give it another spin if you haven't seen it for a while. It's oh, the jolly good. I'm gonna, really enjoyed I'm gonna. it. Really thought it was brilliant. Um, did you? Right, this might have been skewed by the sands of time, but did, did you catch that bit at the end where the city is falling? Spoilers. Um, well, no. It's hang on a minute. It's a Greek myth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Five thousand years old. Is yeah, that... yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, the city is falling, and um, Orlando Bloom is sticking around, and he. Like me and my brother have laughed for years about this one scene where there's a, a kid and he gives the kid a sword to take, I think, something like that. Uh, yeah, that the sword of Troy. Yeah, the, that's the, it. Yeah. yeah, and he says, you know, take it through there, you know, or take it through the tunnels or something like that. And he starts recruiting this kid by saying, like, young one, what is your name? And the kid says something like, Peneus. <laughs> 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 and like in my head, I'm like, I've rewritten it like. What was that? <laughs> Be nails. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Orlando Bloom, I I made the enjoyment of Troy better because I was watching it with my other half, and basically all the Orlando Bloom scenes, I was pretending I was Orlando Bloom, pointing, you know. Explaining how good my performance was, as if my other half was Katy Perry. <laughs> so I was like, Katy. This is the bit where I give, which is arguably the line of the movie, with great gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> and it made it ten times more enjoyable because. <laughs> 
Were you on a stand-up paddleboard, nude, while this is this was happening? This those photographs uh, left quite an indelible imprint. Oh, lad, don't well. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Schlong. Um, <laughs> he's it's so funny because Orlando Bloom just causes this massive war because he's a horny little bastard. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so funny, isn't it? I'm so sorry. I'm just going to have to go and pursue this woman. I'm, I'm really sorry. About I know it'll kill everyone. I know. I, I, what can a man do? It's great. Useless. Your knob is causing an international incident, yes, yes. Orlando. <laughs> Much like it did when he went paddleboarding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh, worry, that kid life. is called Pineus, so <laughs> that'll solve everything. Uh, what did you we've talked about Troy for like 10 minutes I'm sorry did did you watch anything else went off I went to the cinema to watch Black Widow which I enjoyed thought it was great cool cool Um, I also went to the movies Um, I went to see Spirit Untamed uh, the DreamWorks animation movie um, about the horse uh, the Mustang horse that uh, uh didn't want to be captured. And... Put that on the poster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, I was with the whole family. We were having a whole family do. Um, and, um, yeah, it was a really nice movie. Wonderfully animated, lovely songs. I expected to sleep through it, but didn't. The main villain was voiced by Walton Goggins. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Typecast to absolute hell, even when it's only his voice. At least, it, I, I mean, I assume he didn't make any racist remarks or any homophobic <laughs> jibes this time. No, I don't, I don't think so. But he was doing like a proper, you know, well, howdy, my children, how you doing? You know, he was uh, ramped up the um, the cowboy stuff big time. No, he's more gravelly than that. That made him sound hysterical. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Much more gravelly than that. And the other thing we watched as well was um, on Disney Plus, uh, Luca. Any, oh, uh, like that movie. Is it good? Is it good? It is good. Outstanding, yeah. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, adored it. Pixar doing what Pixar does best, isn't it? Yeah. Just gives you the feels. Looks amazing while it's at it. Um, lovely message. Just really wanted to go on holiday after watching yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just, can I have a swim? I'll just have a swim. That, that'll do me, <laughs> just for a little bit. Lovely stuff, fellas. Um, should we go on to tonight's movie? Oh, oh, oh yes. Shall oh. we? Um, say it was your pick. It was. It was my pick. I, I, I sort of pulled it out of the bag last minute when you put me on the spot last week on what was next. <laughs> this is I what mean, I went for. So I didn't like even know if it qualified. A, really, a, a last minute barring in from 30 yards. It was. Uh, I well, I hope so. I hope so. Um, but yes, 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 indeed. Uh, so after after quite the hiatus, um, we see the return of FYR favourite Nicolas Cage in what seems to be our go-to movie location these days. Uh, as he plays a drug and gambling addicted detective in post-Katrina New Orleans, who is tasked to investigate the killing of five Senegalese immigrants caught in a drug dealing turf war with that guy from MTV's Pimp My Ride. <laughs> this is Tim Westwood. <laughs> Imagine if it was Tim Westwood. <laughs> you got that crack pipe? <laughs> Here's what's about to go down. Put your motherfucking guns in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> uh, this is Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. That was very Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? 
Please get me out of here. You want me to get wet on account of you? Hey, man, I got on Swiss cotton underpants. I'm gonna drown, sir. Come on, we'll get the time of death from autopsy. Please! Come on, man. He ain't worth it. You fuck crazy. Come on. <laughs> the good news, Terrence, is I'll okay you to return to full duty. The bad news is that you'll be experiencing moderate to severe back pain. Recognition of his leadership and tenacity, Lieutenant Terrence McDonough. This is what we're looking for. Name is Donald Godshaw. You up to this? Why wouldn't I be? Still having problems with your back? You taking medication for it? Only what the doctor prescribes. <sighs> Got any illegal substances on you? Big mistake. Who are you? I'm Dave, the guy you robbed. To make it right, you gotta come up with $50,000. Don't make me look for you, Terrence. You mind stepping outside? I'd like to talk to you. I'm gonna give you a chance to make some money the old-fashioned way. With a cop protecting you. You a crazy mother. <laughs> I took you to a place. It's amazing how much you can get done when you've got a simple purpose guiding you through life. On my own. Stay against the wall. Can empty your pockets, dump out the handbag. You want a hit? Yes. Where the sun always shines. What are these iguanas doing on my coffee table? There ain't no iguana. Yeah, there are. Ain't no iguana. Where's the 15,000? Put that gun away. Kill all of you. <laughs> to the break of dawn, baby. <laughs> you know the people are friendly there. Do you think these guys care you're a cop? Shoot him again. What for? His soul's still dancing. Man, this movie's bonkers. Sai, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how come you picked for us Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans? Bit of a mouthful as well, that one. Yeah, it's a it's it's not very uh it, there's no punctuation in the title either, so there's no uh, way to read it. Um I'm sure we've touched upon this in in previous episodes um but i was a bit late to the party with appreciating the genius of nick cage as you know our pub discussion robert in university <laughs> we won't get a little the, bit heated we won't go into the details uh, but when i finally like got it and got him as an actor and a performer I just had a huge amount of his back catalogue to get through because I was just like, right, I've been watching these films all wrong. I need to go back and watch them all. And I think this may have just come out on VOD or DVD when I sort of had this revelation. So so I gave it a spin as one of the first ones to, you know, get get into this cage-a-thon <laughs> to get fully up to speed with how batshit mental and brilliant this guy was. And just, just marvelled at the unadulterated madness of this quite unique actor and director as well, to be fair. You know, Herzog is just as um, mad as, <laughs> as Cage. Is. Uh, so, yeah, you know, fast forward to now, which is what, like 10, 10 years later, I'd completely forgotten about it. And I saw a reference to it somewhere, like it was a poster or something like that, just somewhere in a bar or something. And I was just like, oh shit, I've totally forgot about that film. You know, maybe it qualifies for this so we can you know watch it again and you know it's always a great excuse to chat through a cage movie with you two guys <laughs> uh so i look you know I, I had a look and i was like oh yeah it does um so yeah figured it'd be a great chance to 
chat about and dissect this weird, weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Like, so, I mean, what would your... So, you, yeah, your relationship with this would be um, watching it a bit ago and then remembering it and then thinking, aha, this might fit for FYR, yeah. basically. What about you, James? What is your relationship with Bad Lieutenant? Yeah, um, it's sort of at a weird stage for, uh, for for Nick Cage, this one. So it's sort of, I think this one is sort of coming at the end of his status as an A-list Hollywood uh, leading man. And this one just sort of gets in under the door before he starts making much lower budget films on a more regular basis. And I missed this the first time it came round, and then I caught it on DVD. And to be honest with you, I was a little bit... Um, I wasn't too keen to see it because I've seen the original Bad Lieutenant mm. with Harvey Keitel. And that that is a tremendous performance by Keitel in that. But that film is real hard going. Like, mm. it's, it's, it's quite a tough sit. And I was like, you know what? I d- I've seen that movie before. I don't need to see the remake. And then when I finally got around to watching this one, it's like, oh, well, apart from the title and the copious amounts of narcotics that's been ingested. <laughs> it's it's nothing like that. It's really that, not, is it? That uh, that earlier iteration. Um, so yeah, I caught up with this. Uh, I think it was a love film rental. Still miss love film. Get you old Blu-ray or DVD in the in the post. Lovely stuff. Do you know what? It might have been a love film for me as well, actually, because that it was around about that time, and I, you know, a lot of these films in that era, I would have watched on love film. Got a Blu-ray of it in the post. God, it's so good that. Sorry, James. No, I know I was done. I'm just wistful of love about love film now. I'm getting all nostalgic. <laughs> or anyone who's under 30 is like, wait, you used to get DVDs through the post. Yeah, and then you watch them, you pop them back yeah. in a little envelope and send them back. It was great. I was really wound my up when my housemate would open them and just rip them open. And you're like, no, you rip the little thing carefully so you can seal it back up. <laughs> <laughs> What the the outrage of someone you knew opening up your your own love film DVDs? No, no. I think we were all waiting for whatever it was. I can't remember what it was, and we were. Oh, all really? Tore it open in excitement. He was like, "It's come! It's arrived!" Because <laughs> <laughs> they used to do games as well, didn't they? Oh yeah, it was ace. No, oh, it was great. Damn it. Simpler time, a better time, I would say. Damn you, Amazon! <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, this was a first watch, fellas. Um, Woof. So um, I was I was at a party in 2009, I think, and someone handed it to me, the owner of the house, and said, you'll really like this, watch it. Um, and I just didn't. <laughs> and you've still got that guy's DVD? Yes. You need yes. to return that, Rob. <laughs> probably wants it we're, back. We're no longer in touch, so I, I can't. Um, but anyway... Um, so yeah, I have it on DVD for ten years, but never watched. Did you watch the the stolen? Well, accidentally stolen DVD. Is that Ooh, what you? No, I watched it. I, I wanted it on HD. Oh, because well, mainly because I saw Cage's hair in it, and I thought like I'm not having that in <laughs> anything other death. than blistering high def. <laughs> <laughs> um, glad I did as well, because woof. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was all new to me this week. Obviously, knew about it. Um, fascinated with Cage, fascinated with Herzog. How I've not watched it, I don't know. Um, but obviously, 2009-10 was about when I had my first child. So it was like, couldn't really, you know, 
you know, there were a lot, a lots going on, and life's got in the way of me engaging in this quite obvious classic. And not not suitable for newborn babies. Uh, homes, oh no. <laughs> Herzog, as a narrative filmmaker, is a bit of a blind spot for me. I think this is the only one of his narrative films that I've seen. I always thought of him more of as a documentary. Documentary, yeah. Um, or a baddie in beloved franchises. Yeah. <laughs> but did we not? Did we not watch the the Nosferatu film he made in films in uh, at university? I'm pretty sure that was one of the films on the module. Didn't he direct one? With. If it was on at half past nine on a Thursday morning, then there's a good chance that in the showcase cinema, then there's a good chance I will have fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a good chance none of us might even have been there because it wasn't Wednesday night pounded. No, Monday was pounded. Where Wednesday was pounded is a is a reference to the cost of drinks. Sorry, it doesn't. Didn't... <laughs> um, so, um, in which case, um, you picked it, but you didn't quite know how it qualified, Sai. So. Um, let's go with with critical reception with you. How how did that go? Well, yeah, surprisingly, um, surprisingly, we have quite a rarity for the films we usually cover on this here pod, because according to Rotten Tomatoes, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans is certified fresh, uh, with a pretty whopping eighty six percent on the critical scale, uh, with just a whole heap of four and five star reviews from um, pretty much every critic we sort of usually. Uh, go back to and refer uh, for this section. Um, sadly, Mick did not review this one, but uh, Mr. Ebert gave it his four four out of four. Woof! Um, and included and actually included it in his list of best films from the decade. Wow! Um, and he said, uh, "No one is better at this kind of performance than Nicolas Cage. He's a fearless actor. He doesn't care if you think he goes over the top. If a film calls for it, he will crawl to the top hand over hand with bleeding fingernails. It's a hypnotic performance." Oh, incredible year for Cage from Ebert because we previously covered Knowing on the podcast, which also came out in 2009, and which Ebert also gave four stars. Did he? As well. Wow, yeah. he loves it, doesn't oh, he? Ebs. Cage was on the downturn with most people at that stage, but Ebs is like, no, I'm a believer. Oh, wow. God bless you, Ebs. Over here in the UK... Uh, Catherine Bray at Film 4 gave it four stars, saying Cage and Herzog have created a superbly memorable lead character, and if the plot itself is curiously unmemorable, certain images will stay with you to the grave. Pete Bradshaw gave it four stars. Charlotte O'Sullivan from The Evening Standard gave it four stars. Uh, Tom Huddleston, uh, not the footballer, uh, he's a critic (laughs) from, um, from Time Out, he gave it five stars. Wow. And then even uh, Robbie Collin was was favourable, who gave it four and said, uh, viewers will fall into two camps: those who think it's a mentally unstable mess, and those who think it's a work of insane genius. Uh, but can't it be both? <laughs> um, <laughs> audiences were like less enthused yeah. uh, on the Rotten Tomato side. It lands at fifty-seven percent on there, so it's a, it's a hell of a lot lower. Um, Overall, Metacritic is a bit more balanced, with uh, sixty-nine on the critics scale and six point eight on the audience. I'm not sure why it's markedly lower than Rotten Tomatoes because surely they're pulling the same reviews but they Hmm. must have had more negative ones Uh, well they obviously must have had more negative ones and uh, even Letterboxd though has it as a really solid 3.5 out of 5 which is higher than our usual you know we're usually at the high twos aren't we on the films we do (laughs) Um, it's got a whole heap of 5 star reviews such as probably the best movie I've ever seen by uh, Rosé 
Best Herzog, Best Cage, So Funny and Well Cast, one of my favourite movies ever, by Chris Molnar. And from Smooth Taco Man, a great buddy cop movie where you're the buddy and you get to sit and hang out with cracked out Nick Cage for two hours. <laughs> so obviously that's five stars. Um, so yeah, it's a rare... A rare sort of critical smash for us to cover tonight, which is which it's usually this is where the films usually qualify. Wow! So, oh, James, it must have been an absolute stinker at the box office. <laughs> yeah, so it was released in the States on November 20th, 2009. So, November 20th is actually when the original uh, Bad Lieutenant was released back in 1992, I think that film came out. So uh, the film didn't get the widest release, so 96 venues at its height, and it only grossed uh, $1.702 million at the domestic box office, and just under $9 million overseas for a worldwide total of $10.5 million against a production budget of roughly $25 million. Oh, that's so, a high budget that I expected for this film, actually. So I don't think it was designed to do gangbusters at the box office, as it's it's a really weird movie and falls somewhere <laughs> between sort of a B-movie noir and the art house. Mm. Uh, I'm speculating, but it was no doubt pre-sold for home video in territories, all around the world due to its cast and who was behind the camera, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd uh, I'd say so. Um but it should for, for 25 for 25 mil budget. Yeah. That's a lot, isn't it, to to for this curio oddball <laughs> film. <laughs> um you thought they could have done it for a little less than that, but um yeah, it's still quite low considering isn't it box office wise yeah I mean Cage has a castle to pay for so that's essentially where a lot of that 25 million <laughs> I was going to ask like, what, a few years ago he's raking in like monstrous cash yeah so what's he pulling in for something like this do you think I, I've got no idea I don't know I think he probably wanted to work with Herzog so he won't have taken his usual his usual bump uh, that he would normally get for a big big studio movie because this is still a fa- 25 million is like, oh yeah, it's a lot of money, but by Hollywood standards, that's usually what they'd make like a sort of an R-rated comedy yeah. for, isn't it? So like a knocked up or 40-year-old virgin is probably around that same sort of budget level. Um, obviously, you've got Cage, who's still a pretty big star at this stage and probably commanded a decent wage, but nowhere near his usual quote, I wouldn't have thought. Hmm. Interesting. Because this is just after National Treasure 2, isn't it? Yeah. And... Same year as knowing. So he was probably just wanted to do a bit of, you know, scratch the art house itch working yeah. with Werner Herzog. I want to act, man! I want to act! <laughs> Boy, does he act. <laughs> yes. Boy, does he... He was what? doing some acting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, very, very true. Um, and Herzog behind the camera. For me, the, the two together... Like you say, fascinating Herzog, fascinating Cage, blammo, put them together, let's just go. Uh, so, in my notes, the movie opens with what I put is mad snake action. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the water, there are snakes moving. Yeah, slithering is what snakes do. That's the one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> um, and it's at a... Right, I'm going to put this on, uh, using your phrase, James, I'm going to put this on Front Street. Um, I found this movie hard to follow at times. 
never not enjoying it, but um, I don't really know what it's about and what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just enjoying the what I'm seeing an awful The cage lot. mania. Yeah, yeah, and the, the that's not mania, the package. <laughs> Um, <laughs> overall package of the movie I'm really enjoying <laughs> so, so it's just snakes. about a kooky guy who takes a few <laughs> drugs to make his bad back feel better I don't think there's anything <laughs> yeah so we open in this it's like a jail that's flooding is it a jail that's flooding yeah it's the police station oh it's the police station so yeah. the police oh it's after Katrina yes because yes. this is this is where we go full circle with our other New Orleans recent movie uh, Deja Vu yeah, um, and apparently Cage. Well, not I don't know whether it was Cage, but the producers of the film insisted on moving the action from New York to New Orleans. Yeah, to give the area a bit of a boost post Katrina. Yeah, and I think as well it gives the film a different flavor as well because I think if it was set in New York like the original Bad Lieutenant was, then it'd just make those parallels impossible to get away from. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because it's not an original idea to have a copper who's a bit off the rails and a bit dirty. You know, that's not Ooh, an original concept that the original Bad Lieutenant film has. So you can just be like, I mean, it's only linked in name, I think, really. Yeah. And I think pointing in New Orleans does separate it even more so than that original. Because it is un- unfair to like compare the two, I think. I think they're both different tonally. Yeah. Um, You know, the similarities are like just a bit of a bad man in a powerful position yeah really. <laughs> and the the original is filled with religious uh symbolism throughout harvey Keitel's cracked out naked penis like yeah it's just... you see him full sh- full gong I, I was a bit disappointed i didn't get to see cages full gong. Gong. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah in the crucifixion pose there's a lot of uh religious symbolism in the in the original one yeah um and as i say it's it's quite hard going the the original mm, it is yeah really I, I, i'm full full disclosure and then it said full frontal uh full frontal i've not uh seen you could use that instead of full dis- full disclosure couldn't you full frontal i've not seen uh bad lieutenant the original with harvey it, it's it's very good it's a very good film it's one of those what was like like late night channel four uh yeah. sort of film um it's very good Nice, but yeah. So, so the, this film opens with this post-Katrina jail cell at the bottom of a police station is getting flooded, and there's a poor guy locked up in the in the cell. And uh, I, you know, Cage and his is he his partner or just someone he works with? Uh, but he Val Kilmer again yeah. he can't get out of New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> Does he live in New Orleans? Because. <laughs> Is his whole thing now is just I'm going to be the second fiddle uh, to an A-lister who could have been me if I hadn't burnt every single <laughs> bridge in Hollywood. And I'm just going to hang out in New Orleans with A-list actors, basically, wishing that I was playing their role. That <laughs> absolutely seems to be the case uh, with, with Kilmer. Zero evidence to the contrary. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, not wearing his Batman suit, which is disappointing. Mm, yeah, I mean... Very disappointed. Um, or on and Nick Cage wearing his Superman suit, which he never. Uh... Can you imagine like a, a, a this if this was Batman v Superman? This was this was this. the original Justice League movie, yeah. uh, and they re- repackaged it. <laughs> repackaged. I, I don't want to waste my cotton underwear on you. 
<laughs> Imagine. Goodness oh, me. God. I still want that Cage Superman movie. I, I still want I it. would still have it now. Give yeah. it me now. Give it me now. With that hair from the original Tim Burton photographs. Oh, oh, the long just... black hair. Long black hair Superman played by Cage. What would Clark Kent have looked like other than a complete <laughs> stone cold psychopath? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, neither of them. I mean, it's quite obvious from this moment here, where, the way they're debating this person's life. Yeah. Um, that uh, there's not going to be too many shining lights in terms of the positivity in the character department here. Yeah. No. The credibility of these two cops is pretty yeah. down to the ground. Isn't pretty it? bad. I mean, I mean, you know, Cage is the titular bad lieutenant, but Val Kilmer's a even worse, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'd lo- love to see the spin-off movie of what Kilmer's doing that <laughs> yeah, runs yeah. alongside this movie because he's even worse lieutenant. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like massively racist and just horrible, horrible man. But uh, despicable K- DS. That's one. That one yeah. Called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Cage, uh, you know, ultimately decides to go in and help this chap in the in the jail cell called Chavez. Um, and inadvertently injures himself when he jumps into the water, presumably on a desk because <laughs> under that thing is still going to be the, the police station. So it's just a desk or something. And he's just... This did a swanton bomb oh. <laughs> onto a desk and did his back in. Did his back put in. himself through a table. <laughs> <laughs> Which is disappointing that we didn't get to see that bit, to be honest. <laughs> How did he get Chavez out if he like knackered his back? Because then it cuts to a few months later, doesn't it? And he's in the doctors, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you, you basically your back's fucked, mate. Yeah, <laughs> like you're gonna pain for the rest of your life. Permanently damaged back, and he's gonna have to take Adderall for or whatever it is for the rest of his life. Take medication, pain meds for the rest of his life. Which is that is the suggestion? That's the sort of catalyst for him to spiral yes. out, or is does he has he got does he have previous with? the drugs and drink or is this the sort of kickoff point of how he's his beginning of his spiral yeah i mean i got the impression that it, this was the um that this was the the catalyst for the uh for the drug abuse uh, and that beforehand he was not exactly a shining light within the police force but uh, he was not a drug addict and then the the inference then is that he's started taking the prescription pain meds they've not touched it and then he started self-medicating with much harder stuff and basically the film is just a desperate it's just about him desperately trying to get the hardest drugs possible to quell the pain (laughs) in his back yeah i mean i i said the word spiral and i think that is exactly what this film is it just just gets out of hand like as the further you go in and all these little story threads which overlap one another all involving him in a bad situation it just gets worse and worse and worse it's it's so true i i have my notes here i watched it last night and i still can't make the head nor tail of the chronology of this <laughs> you know yeah. of when certain things happen on that downward spiral um i know the, the murder is coming up isn't it the, there's the murder of a family um yeah is it a senegalese senegalese family, family yeah. yeah yeah get get murdered um and he's there um, and from from this point, I just have snapshots of mad cage moments yes. all the way through until basically the, the the sort of the last fifteen minutes, really. Yeah, 
yeah, it's it's definitely like loads of different moments of him as a cop and how shitty he is, <laughs> and as a person as well. You know, he's got really bad gambling problems. Uh, we we regularly see him go to this bar, to this sports bar with this guy who's his who's his bookie, who's he's not paid. He's lost bet after bet after bet, and he's you know mounting up this huge debt. And then the drug taken on the side, he's going out with Eva Mendes, who is who is a prostitute, who but who's his girlfriend, yeah. who is also a, a drug drug addict. So it's just all this weirdness of his personal life overlaps with his professional life because of this job where this this case where he's got to solve this crime of this murder, which he's seemingly involved in. It's like a drug deal thing, isn't it? Where the Senegalese people have been stepping on the toes of the the guy who currently owns the block to sell drugs in, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's incidental, isn't it? Because all it is is just it's just the thing that gets the film going. And for the first like forty five minutes, there is a procedural element to this. Like they're trying to solve the case, and then and then once it's not going to be in Cage's benefit, and he gets himself into some other deep waters. He just like sacks that off completely. And just go for it. <laughs> I, I got the impression like, um, and I'm sure someone will be able to tell me that this isn't the case, but it feels like no scene in this two hour movie lasts longer than two minutes. No. And while you're watching it, it feels you're being sucked forward into the hell of this life. Yeah. And into the propulsion of this story as he tries to work out what's going on. Um, but it's so involving that you end up dizzy with it. And isn't that yeah. the magic of this filmmaking? Oh, for sure, yeah. It, it makes you feel like Cage's character. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't make head nor tail of what's going on half the time, but you know it's pulling you forward. It, it is a masterclass, this, from Herzog, for me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the thing is, as well, you th- you talk about, like, the subject matter in terms of what what actually happens in the film. And you're like, oh, that sounds like a bit of a downer. It's really not at all. Yeah. Like, it's it's really very entertaining, really quite darkly funny in places. Um, there's some really weird stuff going on. But, and it seems to me that Herzog just wants to put you in the mindset of what it's like to constantly be high and not, what, <laughs> not know what is going on from one moment to another. But you're still juggling a, a, an extremely impo- important, influential position with that. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's what's sort of like, yeah, pulling you along mm. is that thread, while everything off either side of that thread is just insane. <laughs> a lot of it reminded me of uh, a film we've done previously, um, the Safdie Brothers' Good Time. Oh, how that yeah. is like absolutely really yeah. frenetic and really full on, and um, you're you're constantly with this one character throughout the whole film. Um, and then I guess it's similar to Uncut Gems as well. In, yeah. in that sense. Oh, yeah. It's so anxiety-inducing yeah. as well as you go through. Like you're just like, no, stop doing these things, you crazy <laughs> bastard! Like it's true. But but in this instance, though, do you think? Because uh, I I found it um, beautifully shot and very easy to. I'm not saying Good Time wasn't beautifully shot yeah. because it was, but very different styles. Oh this, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, this, that was more uh, grimy, wasn't it? This is a yeah. bit more polished. I think it, it really is, and and it relies on Cage. You know, Cage does the camera tricks in like live, doesn't he? That gives you that. You don't. We don't need fancy camera stuff to give yeah. the impression of anxiety when you have a ball of human anxiety there in front of you. 
um, acting away in the way that he is. And, and somehow he manages to ramp it up consistently throughout the movie. Scene by scene, he gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Because, <laughs> like, I assume this film, like most movies, it wasn't shot in sequence. No. How does he keep a... Uh, it, Front Street again... It's another genius work from him. Oh, without a doubt. It really is, isn't it? I think if you yes. added it, 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 you know, if I would have gone back and showed this to 18-year-old me, who was very anti-Cage, it'd be like, <laughs> watch this, you dickhead. He's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a testament to both him and Herzog. A, a him, because he just lays it out, and he's absolutely fearless. brilliant. He yeah. just goes for it. But then Herzog, because he's, presumably he's hand-picked Cage to do this role. There's not yeah. many actors who could do this. Without, as you say, Rob, that need for, a, you know, f- extra additional filmmaking to sort of add to it. And it's you mentioned it before, James, about Herzog being mainly known as a documentarian filmmaker. And it comes across in this. A lot of it's a bit off the sticks. A lot of it is kind of like long takes. And they just let the people on camera do, do, the, do the talking rather than yeah. him being, you know, a, a sort of exuberant director who's you know doing all these fancy ways to shoot and yeah. edit and you know things like that it's just all quite simply shot really beautifully shot though as well mm. it's, it is shot really well but then it's all a bit handheld and it is all a bit documentary style and and off the sticks and you know it just adds to it and it just makes cage's performance even more impressive because he's doing it in one big long stints yeah and then everyone else around him as well because it's a stacked cast, isn't it? it is, it's yeah, really yeah. good, yeah. Can we get a great big shout out, please, to uh, my personal favourite, uh, Vondi Curtis Hall? Yes. Can we have a, some big love for uh, this? Is guy? he the captain? He's the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, leather jacketed villain in Die Hard Two, <laughs> dying on baggage reclaim. <laughs> I just so happy to see him doing something like this. Absolutely loved it, and he was. Um, I thought he was great, really charismatic. Because he gives him the case of this mass murder, and he knows he knows he's a maniac. Yes. Like yeah. he's looking at him, he's like, <laughs> "All you do is work." But yes, but what is the quality of that work like, Captain? Like, can we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, um, uh, yeah, there's uh, in the police as well. There's uh, Sean Hatosi. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, Sean Hatosi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From... Sorry. He was um, in Alpha Dog, wasn't he? And, yeah, uh, Justin yeah. Timberlake music video, which and the I faculty, and the faculty. Yes. <gasps> he was in the faculty. Oh yes, we still need to do that. That's what. <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, and he's also very good in it. Yeah, uh, I, I uh, Mendez, excellent. Eva Mendez, who they were in Ghost Ghost Rider together, weren't yeah, they? which yeah. I mean is on the lower scale of Nick Cage movies, but yeah, they were in that together. Michael Shannon pops up in a... Yes, just working in the role. evidence room. Like, for randomly. a second. Yeah. Yeah, who's like this sort of like uh, proper surfer dude type numpty who works in the evidence room, who's been getting him... He's been supplying him drugs, hasn't he? And he's like, we yeah, need to yeah. stop doing this because we're going to get found out. And then, yeah, he's, the, the cast is insane. Um, What's he called? Shay Wiggum pops up later on. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's one of my absolute favourites in this film. Oh, yeah. It's such a good, such a good cast from top to bottom. Uh, Vicky Valancourt. Vicky Valancourt. Yes, Vicky Valancourt. She showed me her boobies and I like them too. <laughs> That's not verbatim from my life, just so we are oh. very clear. 
What a line that is, by the way. Sorry. But it's, <laughs> totally it's just film. it's just great. Uh, and as as previously mentioned, uh, X to the X to the Z exhibit is in it. Who is this notorious big fate who we hear a lot more of before we actually see him? And I think he's really good at it. <laughs> he is, isn't he? He really, really is. Yeah, he'd crop up in random stuff um, exhibit at this stage. This is where he was making a play for being an actor. You know, he'd done a bit of music with Dr. Dre back in the early 2000s. Then he did Pimp My Ride, which is probably what he's most famous for. And then, it really uh, is, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> Then made the leap, and I'm sure he's happy with that. I'm sure he made a fortune out of that show. And then he made the he- uh, leap to uh, feature films. He's like randomly in that um, in that theatrical X Files movie, the second one that they did. That he Billy is, Connolly's yes. also in as he well. Is. Billy Connolly, yeah, yeah. I'd love to have seen like some conversations between Cage, Exhibit, and Herzog. Like, where do they find common ground at all <laughs> between the three of them? They will. I, I'd, I'd like. I like to think that. Herzog is a really, really. This is just fantasy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a really, really. You know, like um, he knows what he wants, but he's he's very personal and easygoing. This is my hope for them. No, he's a nutcase. He's an absolute nutcase. <laughs> is that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Well, he has this whole uh, legendary collaboration with Klaus Kinski, doesn't he? Where they would basically just make movies together in the seventies and eighties and nearly kill each other throughout the entire <laughs> entirety of the production as he just kept pushing him, pushing him. There's loads of great stories about Herzog like getting shot and all sorts. Of- <laughs> oh, I think I need I need more Herzog, I think. I need to go deep on the Herzog thing because I do find him really interesting. Uh, yeah. He is a fascinating dude with a wonderful accent. Uh, <laughs> but the Nickster. All the um all the lovely like uh trivia of it with like Abel Ferreira who did the original Bad Lieutenant who was not best pleased when they announced this and he was just really unhappy with it and then they met at a film festival didn't they to like smooth it over. Do you know what the film festival was? What was it? The Newcastle International Film Festival. The Newcastle Newcastle England? I I, I just read it as the Newcastle International Film Festival. Imagine if it is that Newcastle. Wow. Why Werner? <laughs> or do you think it's the Newcastle in Stoke on Trent? <laughs> it's like even more curious. Under Lime. Newcastle under Lime. Lime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently they, they smoothed it over and he they made up over it. Because didn't well, Herzog say something like, I've never heard of this Ferrera. I've never seen the film. <laughs> it's like, all right, it just completely sounds like bullshit slammed. to me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're both art house directors. You move in similar circles. You will have seen yeah. that movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much stuff going on in this early section of the film here, where yeah. the the story's getting going. Standout scene for me um, is Cage needs a hit, so he follows a, a couple out of a club. <laughs> I can see your facial expressions, fellas. This, I have, I could not stop my jaw from hanging while watching this, while laughing at the same time. It was just just... astonishing. This is like the first scene where he crosses the line, isn't it? And you're like, oh, he's not just like (laughs) a... He he sort of had in the pharmacy just before, in that brilliant, awesome scene. (laughs) He told me... It was so good. The farm, that is one of my absolute favourites. Just his break, his sort of like meltdown in the pharmacy is so yeah. great. I do enjoy this. It's sort of there's elements of this sort of playing Cage greatest hits from earlier yeah, in his filmography because it it's not the first time he's had a freak out in a pharmacy. 
if you've seen Matchstick Man, you know exactly what yes, happens yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so he freaks out in the pharmacy because he's just now his connection at the pro, uh, in the evidence room. He can't he can't just pilfer drugs out of the police station anymore. So now he's uh, he's got to find more extreme ways to get. Them. And then Rob, as you were saying, he follows this couple into a car park after he's been to the pharmacy. And this was a little bit of a throwback to his to the love scene in The Rock. <laughs> With the just horrendous dirty talk that's going on. So, I mean, could someone put put the context around this incredible, oh, incredible oh, scene? Do you want to take it aside? I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, but I'm, I'm not happy to. I mean, I, I can... He follows this couple who are going into a car park, doesn't he? Where it's like, you know, they're out, out of a club and... Um... You know, they're getting down to some uh, Rudy nudies in the car park. And he hedges his bets, doesn't he, that he, they, they're carrying drugs. So he does his old cop shtick and he's like, oh, you match a description. to You know, with his big, massive revolver, like Dirty Harry revolver. <laughs> yeah, just the giant, giant magnum or whatever it's called. <laughs> Isn't in a holster, it's just shoved down the front down of his trousers. <laughs> yeah, that's class. That is absolutely class. And... What starts is because the woman's quite frosty, isn't she? And and yeah. the guy's like really submissive, and he's like, "Oh yeah, just do what he says, do what he says." But she's a bit like, a bit feisty back. And then she changes her tune, and uh, it all goes a bit south, literally. Yeah. <laughs> is well, it, was know, it one take? Pretty much. I mean, it's near enough. Yeah, isn't I think it? it is. Yeah, it's near enough one take. But they find some common ground. They, you know how it is. You get into, you're having a bit of a frosty relationship. Break out the crack pipe. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> naughty. That's so naughty. Oh, it's naughty. Oh, you're a naughty girl. girl. <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, she starts giving him a, a cracked out handy in front of her boyfriend in the. Oh, no, it gets worse, don't they? Actually, yeah, do... it does. It, it goes to uh, yeah, it goes full on. And the guy tries to leg it, but he won't let him. And he, he fires his gun and gives it like, you will sit there and you will watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like saying all this really, really weird stuff. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's it's oh. absolutely awful. It's like, oh, you're a naughty girl. I bet you, got, <laughs> bet you haven't paid your taxes. I bet you have <laughs> <laughs> I saw you jaywalking. Like, and it's, it's like the, I can't say the actual lines because they're, they're, they're so awful. Like. They, they are. They are about her parents and all sorts and what they might be thinking and all this kind yeah. of stuff. It's, it's very unsavoury stuff. I mean, and it's, it's, in every sense of the phrase, he's getting his rocks off because he's just absolutely yes. <laughs> yes. But again, no one does this. I'm not talking about insane sex scenes. I'm talking about just the absolute mania and pushing a, a, a portrayal of a character to absolute limits. Yeah. Like this guy does. No one does it like this guy does. Mm. Uh, and this is one of the few sort of callback scenes to the original. And if you can believe it or not, the Harvey Keitel one is even more extreme. <laughs> just go, go and watch the movie. I can't describe it. It's absolutely horrible. <laughs> So this this scene is in that essentially. This is like the PG thirteen version. No, <laughs> yeah. oh my word, oh dear. Be a double bill, wasn't it? I don't know if could you could your mind take both movies <laughs> in, a, in a row. You definitely have this one on. There's the second. Oh the yeah, this bill is for the palette cleanser. <laughs> Goodness me. <sighs> uh, but it is like this is the this is the scene where it does fall off a cliff for Cage at this point. Because he's yeah. had his little freak out in the pharmacy, but now, and, you know, and he's got his thing with Michael Shannon where he's trying to score drugs and um, 
but this is where it really does start to go west for 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 Cage. Um, what's it called, Terence McDonough? Yeah. Um, it's just such a weird movie. The tone of it is completely off its head. Like it's yeah, it's quite unlike anything you've really seen in terms of the tone. Yes, and and how it's done because it is there are genuine hilarious moments in it, and I think oh, they're fully yeah. intentional as well. I don't yeah. think it's like. You know, accidentally funny like the room or something. I think it's yeah fully intended by Cage and Herzog to just go balls to the wall bananas, <laughs> just make it really funny. <laughs> you almost get the impression they're daring each other. Yes, yeah, they do. Don't you, they? Yeah. Like, like how far can we push this? I'd love to have oh, been there with the Nicol- premiere, Nicholas. I'm I'm just going to get a DV camera and film uh, film these iguanas <laughs> real close. <laughs> And, and Burner, are these are uh, are these fictitious iguanas or are they really there? Werner. It's just great. Like, you know, that scene alone is just brilliant. But then I noticed as well, um, uh, all the all the like day players really go for it as well. So you've yeah. got like the mm. the uh, the cop when he goes to the road traffic accident, oh, and it's like goes it's, for it, yeah. it's like a pretty bad car accident, and he just rocks up to try and get someone. He's he's like um, it's his bookie's niece or something, isn't it? Just to try yeah. and do a favor. And he's like, "You're coming here to ask me this at the scene yeah. of an accident." <laughs> There's like literally a dead alligator, a dying alligator in the middle of the freeway, oh, and an overturned four by four, and like clearly death. And he's just trying to get this parking ticket sorted out because he because he's in deep with his bookie. Oh, it's just brilliant! Like that road cop goes for it, and then his concierge, uh, where Eva Mendes lives, properly yeah. goes for it as well. Like he's really over the top and. Just great. It's so self-aware of how nuts this movie is, and it proper, properly leans into it. Yeah, for great results as well. And the music's hilarious as well because it's like a different tune every time it comes in. Yeah. We've got the like, um, the like bugle from the Punisher at one point. <laughs> you know when he's like when he's like gumshoe a uh, cage, and then it turns into like a plunky guitar song. Do do. Do, 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 do. It it's is, like, it, what yeah, is going on with mad. the music? It's just mad. And, but again, like you say, I think it's all on purpose. I don't think any of this is done through yeah. um, a mi- misplaced ability or you know getting something wrong or anything like that. I think this is genuinely all done on purpose to throw you off. And I, like I say, I'd love to have been at the premiere. You know, like, was Herzog on the front row like, ha, 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 you know, at certain bit, I don't know, and Cage like, ha, ha, you got me, Werner, ha, ha, you know, was this, what was it like, I don't know, or were they solemnly silent, like, a very serious piece that we've made here, Nick. No, you know? no, they know, they know what they're doing. I agree with you, I agree Every with you. Every yeah. interview I've read or looked at with Herzog, the word demented keeps coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah he's fully aware I think he you know obviously some of it has more weight than others but he's fully aware of the comedic moments in there yeah cool and how some of it as well is is quite awkward comedy as well or you're just laughing because you're so uncomfortable yeah that's that's the one laughing you know because there is nothing funny about what's going on here apart from the delivery of it the delivery of it is is it's almost slapstick at times, isn't it? Yes. You know, yeah, it really um, is. Oh, just fall, falling sh- short of that. Um, 
there is another scene that just I could not stop laughing at, and I should not have, is threatening the old dears. Oh, it's so funny. It's so out of order. <laughs> After he, he he has to go to Belarxy to uh, pick up Eva Mendes, who's been roughed up by, uh, Shea Wiggum. by Shea Wiggum. I always want to call him Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in, in the course of that, he loses the witness and he's getting more and more strung out at this point. And he ends up jacking this, this guy, doesn't he? Um, not jacking him off. Uh, <laughs> taking his money, um, anything's possible. You have film, to be clear well with this happened. movie because he's like, chucked him off in that. Could have happened. <laughs> and anyway, he comes back and he loses the um, he loses the witness who's been put on a flight to England. <laughs> um, so basically, the entire case against um, against Big Fate is is completely collapsing because Cage is the drug-addled idiot in charge of. Of this, and he goes back to the old folks home to find out where he's gone. And it's one of the funniest reveals of a character I've ever seen. So this old deer gets wheeled into a <laughs> into a room, right? And there's like a weird buzzing noise as she comes in, and then the door opens up. A cage is there, right? <laughs> Lieutenant uh, McDonough, and he's he's got an electric shaver, like he's shaving. <laughs> <laughs> Like in that recess of the room, isn't he? Like, yeah. and he starts to li- he starts delivering his lines while he's still shaving his, <laughs> his face and trying to find out where where the uh, where the young lad has got to, and then um, then yeah, he starts using some intimidation tactics because he's really being too courteous, and it's not it's not me- he's not being as effective as he would hope to be. That's that's the best. His use of the word effective, you know, my courteous courteousness so far is <laughs> hindering my effectiveness in getting results. And just for the record, he hasn't been remotely courteous at any point. At any stage. <laughs> at any stage. So he's got that massive gun, which is bigger than anyone's head. And he's waving it at these, these elderly women. And then, because the one doing the haircut is the one who's going to, who knows the information, the haircutee, the one who's getting a haircut, yeah, she's got oxygen being pumped up her nose and he... He, sque- he takes out the the, the 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 cable and squeezes it and, and and puts like you know ties it off and is like you know and she's going <laughs> this elderly woman is perishing and, and then he starts dropping sea bombs he does yeah after he puts his massive magnum to both of their heads as well oh <laughs> poor God. old days <laughs> it's absolutely... I think this could be one of them. Apart from Seagal allegedly pooing himself, this could be one of the scenes of of ever where I would love to be on set that day. Yeah, to oh watch this. This was the point where I was convinced that Werner Herzog actually gave Cage actual heroin for, the, for this part. <laughs> <laughs> He's completely off his head. Um, yeah. It's just hilarious, but I mean, hel- I mean, it's, it's hilarious be really. and upsetting at the yeah. same time. <laughs> it's like, like, what are you doing? But because the lines are so, f- they're funny. Yeah. Like this is terrible what he's doing, but it's still funny. Yeah. Who can pull this off? Which nobody. other actor? I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. <laughs> Nowadays, nobody would have the balls to even attempt to do it. There's no Mavericks. 
now. It's Cage so is st- luckily Cage is still around because I I don't know. I mean, maybe Tom Hardy. He's a bit of a yeah yeah. He'd have a go. At, he'd do it in Welsh or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> why are you Why are you Welsh, Tom? Oh, no, no, no reason. <laughs> All right, see yourself. <laughs> why wouldn't I be Welsh? That's the question. Um, <laughs> can, can I ask a question of you both? Did did and this might be me. In the second half of the film, oh, all right, sorry, the final quarter, did Cage, his accent? Yes, he does. I've made a note of this. So from an hour to about an hour and 20, his accent completely changes. And if you notice during those scenes, don't quote me on this, but I was keeping, he's he's not using during those scenes. So I don't know if he's just getting really strung out because he gets really hunched over. So maybe his back's giving him jip as well. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got his that, like, goes, like one his side, goes all squeaky it? like this, like a little gumshoe one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and everything's falling apart, and it's just it's just an insane choice. Like nobody else would make that choice at all. But it's so detailed as well. If he's not yeah. using, and that's why he's done it. It's such a because de- I was like, is he is he really lost it here? He's just forgotten what accent he's doing. <laughs> no, because then I, I th- I'm pretty sure that then he gets a bump of something because at this moment everything's falling apart so he's being yeah. people are shaking him down for money because of the because uh, of what he took from uh, Shay Wiggum's character earlier um he's trying to get in with uh with exhibit and his crew his entire it turns out the woman that the old dears that he was threatening one of their sons is a US congressman so he's in trouble with internal affairs as well and he's been busted down to property uh, so he can't get out and about and get the uh you know, um, maintain his drug use to keep him on an even keel. And it's like he starts to sort of like squelch down into himself and it's like yeah. affecting his voice as well. And yeah, it's just such a such a crazy choice to make, but it's a good 10 or 15 minutes that he it is, completely it? adjusts the cadence of the way in which he's talking. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? And then by the end, it's all fine again. But yeah, he starts carrying himself differently as well. So I he think does, it's like yeah. withdrawal from uh, from the various substances that he's if got. He's, in his I mean, how good is he really? Let's just... He is good. Yeah, me. it's some it's somewhere else, isn't it? Especially it is. when you've got that added physical performance as well, where he's walking around with a bad back for the whole film, and he's he creates this weird like one shoulder down hunched yeah. walk, which yeah, yeah, just varying degrees of worseness during the film. It's incredible, isn't it? It, is. um, it, it needs is. to be added that he tracks down a football star and bribes him to throw a game. Yep, because he needs because he's. <laughs> Basically, it's like, do you know how much money I've wasted on you throughout this season? Uh, he does catch the guy uh, by, buying marijuana, doesn't he? And basically shakes him down. Yeah. Um, and at this point, he's 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 even though he knows that Exhibit killed all those people that he's supposed to be finding the murderer for, he can't prove it. So basically, he decides to start acting as protection for Exhibit and his crew <laughs> to tip them off for drug deals and stuff like that. And they're going to go into business and start doing condos out on the docks and stuff. It's an insane movie. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so much has been packed into this two hours as well. Um, and then, yeah, he just he he really goes. The, the the tipping point where he I mean the tipping point there's been a billion tipping points so far but there's like the, there's a mega tipping point when he's doing crack with <laughs> exhibit and 
he's telling stories and he's laughing and he's just he's gone he's just straight up yeah. gone and then they come back the next day and um oh no sorry the 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 people who were after yeah, him dave the the the, um, the guy who was being dave, like, yeah. he's got some balls on him dave has like he you know he, he you know some confidence to just go in and be like yeah you owe me 50 grand and he's like do i and he's got his two henchmen with the best henchmen names andy and jeff is uh, two henchmen. <laughs> Dave, Andy, and Jeff. Are they, they're connected to Shea Wiggum, aren't they? They right? are, they're, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think so, yeah. So they're trying to get that money back and they get into Little Fate's room, don't they, where, you know, his, his sort of main study. Do drug dealers have studies? Is that what you call it? His office. <laughs> his headquarters <laughs> for heroin distribution. <laughs> and he's getting a bit he's getting a bit ballsy as Dave, but uh exhibits having none of it and and, and shoots him in the balls, doesn't he? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then the, there's a true. big shoot out in the thing and and one of the highlights of the movie when uh they've just gunned down these three guys. <laughs> and Katie's like, shoot him again, shoot him again and exhibits like why? What for? And he's like, his soul is still dancing. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> and then it literally cuts to a breakdancer. <laughs> in the same outfit. <laughs> in the same outfit as Dave doing windmills in the room. And it's like, what is going on? <laughs> With an iguana crawling around the body. Yeah. Oh. It's, it is and it's uh, I think uh, it's worth mentioning as well, like all the, so that line shoot him again, his soul's still dancing, the iguanas, the stuff with the silver spoon and the treasure hunting at his father's house and stuff like that. That's all Herzog. That None of that is in the script. He's added all of that. Wow. Yeah. Because they're his touches, basically. Like, so good. seeing the uh, exchange between Cage and the... Um, and um, the other cops at the traffic incident from the perspective of an al- onlooking alligator. That is all hers. <laughs> With its entrails everywhere. <laughs> it's all like all those bits shot on a GoPro as well from the little animal's perspective. Where it's and that was crappy, that was grainy, wide-angle lens handheld. <laughs> it's just so weird. But just... It is genius, isn't it? it I, I, is. As Robbie Collins said, it's just insane genius like it, it is. just really is they they there is this after exhibit has whack and his dudes have waxed everybody <laughs> again in paulie's case because this dancing soul had to be waxed as well <laughs> <laughs> they cages at the <laughs> at the office and there's just this mad minute you never get in films where Everything comes up, up comes up Millhouse for one minute. <laughs> I, I also wrote that wrote that down on my notes. Everything comes up Millhouse, but I've Did also you? got I've also got like I've also got like this isn't real though, is it? And then yeah, someone else exactly is, and I'm like I'm like this can't be real. There's got to be a point where it's like cuts back to him just like overdosing. <laughs> so exhibits yeah. fantasizing desk about or a good day. Like <laughs> no, so the bookie comes in and gives him ten grand cash. It came in. Um, the the oh, we've had the DNA evidences in as well. Jay Wiggum has like collapsed and been like, "I'm really sorry, man. We're sorry. Yes. Oh, we're cool, man. We're cool." And he's gone. It's, <laughs> it's just it's like... a super minute. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> I can't never have I yeah. seen anything like that. I don't think it's almost like they've gone. You know what? It's a movie, and no, and. Basically, it's a character study. No one gives a shit about the plots. And what's the quickest way we can sew up all the threads so that we can <laughs> tell the minute. rest of McDonough's character arc, essentially? Yeah. Yeah. 
because the 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 DNA evidence because they'd arrested Little Fate, hadn't they? They'd they'd stormed the um, yeah. his his house and bloody Val Kilmer's trying to shoot him and just be like, let's just kill him. <laughs> like, it's just, just what we're gonna do is say he grabbed this gun and we've just killed him and it's fine. And, and Cage's like, no, arrest him, you idiot. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, the the bit of DNA evidence is uh, Cage's lucky crack pipe, <laughs> which because he made. He made little fate smoke it, and it's just it all comes round to this lucky crack pipe, and it is as if some you know, it's his lucky day with all these things just one after another just all sort themselves out. It's super. I've never seen a quicker, more convenient denouement <laughs> of all the main plot strands in one go. It it is triumphant. It, it's so great. I am just expecting it to be all right. Yeah, he's woken up some in a hospital or something. But no, it's cuts to a year later, and uh, him and his dad and um, Fingy Stifler's mom. Yeah, Jennifer yeah. Coolidge is is they're all sober, uh, and he's now he gets promoted to captain, doesn't he, from lieutenant? Yeah. And you're just like, what? How is this real? It's actually. <laughs> so is this where an element of satire? Comes in, I do you think, think so. Yeah. In terms of that, that the American police force is inherently broken, and the wrong people are frequently promoted Pushed up the ladder, yeah, up the ladder, uh, despite being completely unsuited Wrong-uns. to the duties that they're supposed to be carrying out. <laughs> Wrong-uns. Because basically, he gets he gets promoted right at the start of the movie up to lieutenant, and then we have everything this, and now he's been promoted up to captain. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, captain. Just, it's just really everyone's funny. sober. Eva Mendes is pregnant with with his child now, and they've moved into a lovely house in the suburbs. And then they're like, all having sparkling water. Yeah, all having sparkling water. Yeah, as you say, right, everything is coming up Millhouse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he um, he meets. Um, he's in a hotel room, isn't he? And he meets uh, some some room service guy comes in. He does. And this is after it cuts forward another year, doesn't it? And no, it's that same night. He goes out on nights that he drops Eva Mendes off at home, yeah, and he goes out on nights. And is he it the same that, night? Yeah, he decides he's going to get all, oh, I didn't all know messed that. up again, and he goes back to the car park. Uh, oh, the, he does, yeah. does the same yeah. trick with another couple. With another yeah. couple, and then he's in a hotel room, and he's about to get obliterated once again. And then uh, some room service comes for him. And this is the thing, is it, it, uh, and the guy who brings a room service is the prisoner that he saved right at the start of the movie. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely closing of the loop, isn't it? it? Isn't this it? ending. So it starts off with Cage saving his life and then him seemingly saving Cage's life. So he, he takes him to the aquarium, doesn't he? Where it's just <laughs> this amazing end shot of just them two sat there in silence watching the fish <laughs> in the aquarium. <laughs> Doesn't he say something mad like, do fish have... Do fish have dreams? Yeah, that's it, yeah. And that prompts this emergency action from Chavez. And it's just this lovely, silent, long take, you know, slowly tracking up to them both. And then Cage just does this really genuine little giggle. And he just goes, nah. <laughs> And yeah. he I don't think he looks like he's up for redemption at all. I think he no. he wants more of the same, doesn't he? I think basically what it's saying is that he will always regress yes. back to his natural state, which is being an absolute arsehole, uh, <laughs> despite everything. And he'll probably continue to flourish within the police department 
as well. So yeah, even though I don't think that Herzog signs say anything massive with this film, I think there is that satirical element in there that someone as bad as this could go so high up the ranks within yes. the police force. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Um, and arguably, in which case, it's a little ahead of its time too. Yes. Fascinating. Um, so, what about best bits? It's a toughie. It's a real <laughs> toughie. So many. So many <laughs> great bits. I mean, there is an incredible cagism um, as we're moving into the final third of the movie. And... Um, it's the bit where he's riding in the car with Exhibit and his crew and he puts his gun to Exhibit's head oh. while they're driving. He goes, I'll kill all of you to the break of dawn. <laughs> then he, and then, to the break of dawn, baby. And it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But it's delivered with such zeal and unfiltered insanity that it's just massively enjoyable. And I'll tell you what I did enjoy as well. There's lots of little hints throughout the film, that about the type of man that McDonough potentially was or could have been. Mm. So he has this really, like... I think he's quite high when he's telling Eva Mendes about how he used to play pirates and treasure hunts in his yes. in his childhood back garden. But it's a really sweet moment where he delivers this monologue about how he found a silver spoon with a metal detector and it was, like, the greatest moment ever. And there's also little hints throughout the film that he could actually be a proficient police officer if he wasn't such an arsehole. Uh, because mm. when they're rounding up the suspects uh, for the murder investigation in the first half hour or so, he needs to get access to a uh, to a house that is next door. So he goes into the next door neighbours and then works his way round to the back and then gets the drop on on the guy that he needs to arrest. And as he comes out, and you know, there's been no violence, there's been uh, there's been no incident at all. He's like, I love it. I love it. Like so, it's yeah. it's just it's just these little hints that like something has gone seriously wrong with this guy at some point because yeah. and Herzog seems to be saying that everybody has potential and everyone has like innocence mm. at some point until that gets corrupted one yeah. way or another. <laughs> I, I love that bit because he he talks to the baby, doesn't he? In that, yeah. in like, oh, hey, hey, hey baby. But he's high as a kite as well at that yeah. moment. It's <laughs> mad. Uh, what about you, Sai? What's your favourite bit? I mean, yeah, there's just so many favourite bits of Cage being full on Cage. But um, I just love that first iguana bit where he's they're doing like a stakeout, aren't they? And he, <laughs> he he goes to the room with um, Val Kilmer and the team doing the stakeout, and and he just keeps like talking to him and just keeps looking off camera, and you're like. What's he looking at? And then it, it cuts, pulls back and it's just two iguanas. And he's like, what's the deal with the iguanas? And you're like, there's no iguanas there. And he's like, what? The fucking iguanas. <laughs> and it's just dead confused. <laughs> and then it cuts to this GoPro or this like really like handheld digicam or whatever it is. And it's filming the iguana's head really close up. And you just get Cage's slightly out yeah. of focus head in the background, just like glancing over. <laughs> Val Kilmer and the rest of the actors are trying to play it dead straight, like doing their jobs, and you just got Cage just looking over at this iguana's head in the background. <laughs> and the music's like boom boom boom. It's really comedy. It is comedy. It's comedy. It's just just show like how out of his head Cage is at this point, and you're just going, What is going? <laughs> but it's, I just love his little smirky face while he's like side eyeing this iguana. <laughs> 
equally, this question is really hard. How do you pick one bit out of all of this? I, I need to go with the grannies. Uh, it's just, it's so outrageous. Uh, it's just, it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And it's just three people in a room. Two happen to be, you know, elderly. And one happens to be Nicolas Cage. <laughs> with a massive gun. And a potty mouth. And it's absolutely brilliant. I can't... There'll be... You know, I, I won't forget that for a really long time. <laughs> I really won't. <laughs> so... For your reconsideration, FYR, James, do you want to lead us in? Say you'll go last, I'll go mm. uh, in the middle. Sandwich me, boys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, look, if you're after a police thriller with a tight plot, this isn't going to work for you, and I'd wager that some of its shambolic gonzo zaniness may actively irritate some viewers. But for me, just none of that matters. This movie is all about Herzog giving Cage the space to go off. And boy, does he go off. It's a real tour de force performance and exactly what I want from Cage. He takes massive risks. He's all at once funny, weird, repulsive, and everything he does gives me massive anxiety. Yeah, I was thoroughly captivated watching this terrible man pinball from one self-destructed act to another. Herzog strikes me as a very thoughtful guy, and I'm not entirely sure what he's trying to say with this movie, but he's saying something, and whatever it is, I'm absolutely digging it. So I would definitely say check this out. Simon uh, mentioned earlier uh, Good Time, which I think is a really good touch point, and it, when I, I thought the exact same thing when I was watching the movie. And I've got two questions from that. Have the Safdie brothers seen this film, and when are they working with Cage? <laughs> Incredible action. <laughs> Flipping out. Very good question. And can we get an answer, Safety Brothers? They have to do Cage, don't they? Surely. Yeah. Oh, that'd be incredible. Um, I, I find this very hard to condense. Um, I feel very raw, having only watched it last night. <laughs> um, it's absolutely incredible. Um. It, it's insane, it's nasty, it's absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> very little by way of redeeming features. Um, but it's so compelling, so brilliant, so genius in terms of its um, what it's setting out to do in its execution. Um, this is an absolute must-watch. And, if it, it, and I, I will defy you to find me an actor who goes for it and, and uh, just applies themselves to a role uh, uh, just as much as Cage does here. You can do, you know, like literally, you know, you get a lot of actors who shed weight for a role or they, you know, change their haircut for a role or, oh, you know, something. This is just astonishing, this. And I just absolutely love it. It's insane. Just watch it. <laughs> yeah, just watch it. It's incredible. Um, that's a definite thumbs up from me. Oh, I'm glad you liked it, Rob, because because uh, you'd never seen it, and you 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 do like the the cage bonanza. Oh, so, yeah. no, I'm I'm to be honest, you... I was quite intimidated beforehand. Um, you know, knowing that someone again, it's Herzog, and it's Cage. I'm I'm don't know whether I'll ever be ready. So thank you, Sai, for giving me the excuse to finally get off the bench and watch this. Well, I think you should thank the guy who offered you his DVD and told you to watch it because he <laughs> he's, he's the real man. hero. He's the real hero. <laughs> so disappointed, so negged for so long. I mean, I, I, you know, 
I can't really say more than what you two chaps have just said then. I just find with Cage, he's got this reputation of, nowadays especially, sort of being incapable of saying no to movie roles. And and with that, there's this it's sort of seen that amongst filmgoers and, and people who, 80, like 18-year-old me, who didn't quite get Cage, most of these movies are considered like bottom of the barrel rubbish. And while this was sort of at the start of that, I do think this got sort of swept away in that notion that this period of Cage is not worth anyone's time. Um, and the assumption of that is it's just because it's just one of these films where he's in for a paycheck and, and what have you. And I just think this is such an absolute festival of madness that is essential Cage that you just have to have to watch it as a completist of watching bonkers Cage performances for that alone. And to be matched by a director who's equally as bonkers as he is. <laughs> uh, I, I just think it's, it's a weird watch. It's really all over the place tonally. It's funny, it's disgusting, it's deplorable, but it's ultimately really engaging and really engrossing and everyone involved is in on the joke. And I think it really comes across on screen and I just think it's great. I think it's a really good non-mainstream movie to just watch and, and tick off your list and be like, I'm glad I've seen that. So yeah, watch it for sure. I'm pumping my fist here. Yeah. And it's it's great. I mean, we we were chatting on the on our WhatsApp group, weren't we, just before we come on recording, and uh, we've just seen the trailer for the new Cage movie that's coming out in September, I think. Uh, Ghosts of what is it? Prisoners of the Ghostland, is it, or something like that? And it looks absolutely bananas. And yeah, he, he's made a lot of movies over the last decade or so, and they've not all been great because some he's you know he's taken for mm. paychecks, but he's always peppered. Every year he's got something that is really interesting and something that's really engaging. You know, he's had Mandy, he's had Colour Out of Space, mm. and he's cropped up in lots of really interesting movies as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's, I know some people, I think, he seems to be getting a lot of uh, warm reviews at the moment where people are like going, who knew that Nick Cage was this? We did. We did. Yeah, we all did. We all <laughs> uh, did. Seriously. And I'm glad, and I'm, I'm just waiting now for the the full renaissance of cage the yeah there's cage. no way you can say cage sons doesn't work yeah yeah <laughs> the nickersons or whatever the <laughs> the but uh, yeah i think at some point one of these one of these small interesting movies that he's doing is really going to take off and you know people say that the pig movie which hasn't come out in the uk yet which is why none of us have seen it is is, is fantastic in that and then this new action movie looks absolutely insane that's coming out in september mm. and yeah i just i, I enjoy him uh, he, like we were talking about with Shyamalan last time he's a maverick, you've got to enjoy these people, not everything's going to work all the time, but they're always going to try and they're going to have a swing for it and they're absolutely fearless Totally. Uh, we need to cherish these people, we absolutely do the, um, Cage and Shyamalan how's that not happened? Yet? oh wow <sighs> yeah. we should be agents <laughs> <laughs> agents of chaos yeah 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 <laughs> uh, I, I think maybe like a little bit of reframing might work, you know, to try and attract new people to these movies, you know, or a younger audience to these movies. So, you know, like, um, you know, hey, kids, you know that that guy with the incredible voice in The Mandalorian who talked about <laughs> the package? <laughs> he package. directed the guy in that really well-revered well revealed pig movie. 
you know that yeah. kind of thing like forget Absolutely. everything that's gone before reframe it a little bit um yeah. in a contemporary sense and you're like wow what a combination that is if you didn't know about either of those people before you're like yeah i'm interested in that absolutely and i think it, it needs to be put forward strongly that nicholas cage is not bruce willis he is not making mm. garbage bargain bucket where he phones it in because he, he doesn't phone it in does he, he never phones no. it in yeah which is where i think that's where my sadness with with bruce will always be now is that I've gambled on a couple of, couple of his recent movies or last ten years movies, and it's just been a letdown every time. And he he's been the letdown. They don't even have any production value because they're giving all the money to him, basically. Yeah, and he's not giving anything back. No, no, I don't like saying that. Greedy and lazy. The sly Colbert. I'm glad that the rest of the world is temporarily, at least, catching up to what an absolute national treasure. Uh, <laughs> international, international treasure well it took me you, a while mate. which thank i you, can mate. only uh, apologize don't be daft mate don't be daft <laughs> um thank you fellas brilliant great shout this week i love that movie um and uh yeah thank you very much fellas for another stellar chit chat um next time out we're back to me i believe um, yes i'm going to take us to bill pullman and jane fonda town not jane fonda bridget, bridget fonda, fonda. Jane Fonda did the workout videos and a load of other stuff. Sorry. My gran had the uh, the VHS. The VHS. Um, behind the telly uh, at her house. Segway. Uh, <laughs> it's Lake Placid, which for a long time I really found it hard not to call Lake Flaccid. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, cannot wait to go through this one. Um Really excited. Creature feature, oh. another another lovely creature feature. Yeah, kind of brought on by. We have patterns, don't we? We, you know, we're very uh, we're very predictable as a trio. <laughs> I, I think I think our you know one of our fellow Pod Dojo hosts might call us babyish. I think yeah. actually. What 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 would you say? We well, like, Disney movies for me, creature features for Rob. Uh, what's your niche, James? What do you? <laughs> um, ridiculous time travel movies. <laughs> 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 hey, it, it takes big people to recognise, um, you know, <laughs> who they really are. <laughs> um, thank you very much, fellas. Okay, everyone, uh, please tune in next time for Lake Placid. Please give us five stars on your subscription service of choice. And uh, yeah, thanks for everything. Chat to us on the Twitters. Take it easy. Keep it um, I don't fresh. Know, fresh. Locked down. Tidy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just keep it, keep it whatever you're doing. Just whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Um, and uh, whatever you do, uh, don't uh, take crack. <laughs> Which is what this movie taught me in absolute abundance. <laughs> it all works out in the end. He's fine. <laughs> not even once. Crack. Not even once. <laughs> Bye-bye, boys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.